Welcome to Income for Baby Boomers. If you want to learn about exciting new businesses each week from other boomers who speak your language and have started a unique and profitable business from home, you have come to the right place. For those who would like to try some of these low investment opportunities, stay tuned. We'll help you get started in your own profitable adventure. Now with your host and entrepreneur, Ken Queen. I'd like to welcome David Merriman Scott. He's written many books. The one I read recently was The New Rules of Marketing and PR. David, how are you doing? I'm great, Ken. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Good. And when you recommended in uh, that uh, new, sales, new Rules of Sales and Service, you mentioned about newsjacking, and I loved that whole concept. It sounded like a great way to, to get your name out. Oh, there. newsjacking is awesome. It's basically the art and science of injecting your ideas into a breaking news story. So basically what you do is you look around to see what's happening in the news. And then as that news is breaking, if you have some kind of expertise or some kind of tie to that story, you then create a blog post or a YouTube video or in some way create a piece of content that talks about that particular news story. And that is great for your clients or potential clients, but also um, it might be that the media will pick you up. And I had a great example in my own world. Twitter announced a brand new service coming from Twitter called Periscope. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, have you played around with Periscope yet? No, I haven't. I just saw it on your blog. Yeah, so, so basically they announced this thing uh, on a Thursday, and I thought, wow, this is going to be really interesting because it's in the areas that I talk about. It's real-time communications. It's a great way to connect with customers and potential customers. I'm, I'm going to check it out. So over the weekend, I checked it out. And then on uh, Monday morning, I wrote um, a blog post. I also did a YouTube video. And I also wrote a LinkedIn blog post talking about Periscope and how I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, basically, what Periscope allows you to do is to create a live video feed instantly, and then it'll automatically send a link in real time to your video to all of your Twitter followers so that they can see that you're on uh, going to be on and they can tune in if they want to. So I sent that out Monday morning, which would have been just you know four days after the Twitter announcement. And because it was so new, a lot of people said, oh, wow, you know, Dave Merriman Scott is talking about this stuff. That's great. I need, need to know about it. I should check out his blog and see what he's saying. And as a result of that, I ended up being a part of, at last count, about a half dozen other bloggers referenced my blog as well as one media company, Selling Power Magazine, also referenced the fact that I was talking about Periscope. So anybody can do that. You just find a piece of news that's related to what it is that you do, preferably something that's breaking. You know, there's a new uh, regulation in your industry. Something's happening, you know, with the marketplace that's interesting, whatever it might be and that you create content instantly. And that's the key. It has to be quick. You have to do it while the news is still fresh, push it out there, and then that generates uh, tremendous attention for your business. That's called newsjacking. I love it. I love and it. I wrote a book called Newsjacking, and it's also a chapter in the new rules of marketing and PR. And there's a section about newsjacking in my other book, The New Rules of Sales and Service. Uh, so if you want to know the full skinny on newsjacking, you can read the entire book, or then uh, there's just chapters in my other books. 
Right. I, I read the one book, but I didn't get newsjacking yet, which I will I will get. Um, let's just uh, take an example right now so that my folks can get an idea of what can be done out there, David. My neighbor, okay, he's retiring at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. He's a plastic molds expert. Yep. There's probably only a handful of people in the country that knows what he's doing. He's head of his department, and he's quitting. And he's saying to me, how am I going to make money with what I do? Yeah. What would be the first thing you'd do? Um, if you yeah. well, um, this would apply to anybody in that situation because I know absolutely nothing about the plastic mold business. Okay. But what I would do, and this is actually what I did when I got fired from my job, mm-hmm. I followed the same playbook. The most important thing to do quickly is to get on the web and create content. To get on the web and put out information that will serve as a way for people to find you in the search engines and also serve as a way to showcase how smart you are about your industry and also serve as uh, essentially a front door for the media that might want to, you know, write or broadcast or talk about you. So what I would do, it kind of depends on whether your neighbor likes to write or feels comfortable writing or if they might feel more comfortable doing what you're doing right now, which is a podcast channel, or perhaps they might feel more comfortable doing uh, something around video or, or images. That's another approach or a combination of all of those approaches. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to create a blog and write content, although that's the best. And the reason I say it's the best is because all of those words that you're writing are indexed by the search engines. When you do a podcast or you do a video, it's only the text-based description of the podcast or the video that gets indexed by the search engines. Now, the, the reason you create content is that you showcase who you are, you talk about the fact that you have this tremendous expertise, one of the top five people in the world on this particular topic, and you create information that would be valuable for the potential customers that you're trying to reach. Now, in my case, I lost my job, and I started my blog back in 2004. And uh, since 2004, I've written perhaps, last time I checked, 1,300 blog posts. I've also published approximately 15 free ebooks that I offer to potential customers, well, to anybody. Uh, And I've also done about 150 videos. So I create lots of content. And I write about uh, the new ways that people and organizations can do marketing and public relations and sales. So that's my niche. And so when somebody goes to the search engines and enters a particular phrase, maybe they enter the phrase, how do I do newsjacking? You know, I would come up on the very first page for that. Or if they enter the term viral marketing, I'll come up on the very first page for that. And then they reach my stuff. They read my content. And maybe they'll buy one of my books or maybe they'll want me to advise them in some way or maybe they'll want to to hire me to give a presentation at their conference. And in my case, I went from losing my job to now I make about this year I will have made three times the amount of money I made as a vice president of marketing of a publicly traded company, which was the last real job I had. Not only can you 
earn what you were earning before, but in my case, and in many other cases of people that I've spoken with, you can earn many times the amount of money you used to earn before. But the key here, and what I would recommend to your neighbor, and what I would recommend to anybody, the key is that it's not a world like it used to be where you just network your way into consulting arrangements. You know, that would be the old way. The old way is you call up your buddies and say, hey, I'm not working at the company anymore. Would you like to hire me to, to do uh, some consulting work for you? The new way is that you showcase your expertise. You write a blog about the industry and what you're seeing. You create videos. You create a podcast, whatever it might be. Create this great content. Get onto Twitter. Get onto LinkedIn. And then that content serves as a way for people to find you and it serves as a way of for people for you to show them that you're smart and uh, interesting and someone who you might want they might want to do business with and even at a very simple level i started asking a neighbor a couple of questions and he said well yeah we had this one supplier uh that was like a hundred thousand bucks and we lost a million bucks because it was such a screwed up deal and I said, well, that list alone yeah. of who to deal with and who not to deal with is invaluable. Right, right, right. right. I mean, there's, so, so, there's tons of information you can put out there. And, and I would encourage him or anyone in this situation to make creating content your full-time job as you're trying to get yourself up and going. I mean, they used to tell you, and I remember this when I got fired three different times. I'm, I'm not made to work at companies. I, I'm not good at playing the political game. Sounds like me. So I, <laughs> Go ahead. Know, I ended up losing my job three different times. All three times, by the way, I ended up doing something better than I was doing before. But anyway, what they used to tell you when you lost your job is that you have to make networking your full-time job and you have to network yourself into a new job. I completely disagree with that advice. I believe you have to make content your full-time job. And as you're transitioning from being a full-time employee, you know, spend three or four hours a day creating content. Write one blog post a day and shoot one video a day or whatever it is, whatever sort of form of content you like to do. And over time, that will be your asset that will drive business to you in the future. Now, this is a really broad question, probably, David, but... Okay, so this neighbor starts to produce the content. Yeah. Uh, should he go for uh, create a money situation, monetize, figure out how to monetize it immediately, or should he? I said you can't wait too long because you're right on the cutting edge of everything. And I said if you wait six months and then party till then, then uh, you know you're not going to be in the same position you are right at the moment. Is what I was thinking. Well, I think you're right there. I think you have to start creating the content instantly right now. I mean, even before you leave a job, you can start creating mm -hmm. a blog. In fact, I would argue that the best time is to do it while you're still employed. But yeah, he or she should be creating content right away. Now, when you say monetize the content, there's a number of different connotations that a phrase like that has. Now, in, in my world, the way that I make money and the way that, um, you know, I know a number of people make money is I actually have personally have three lines of business where I bring revenue in. I give paid speeches at conferences all over the world, and that's my primary revenue source. So that's one way of monetizing my content. The second thing is I write books. I've written 10 books, so I get royalties from my books. 
And the third way is that I sit on advisory boards of companies. And I'm not a, a consultant in the traditional sense, but I provide advisory service to companies. And so when I think I'm monetizing my content, what, the way I think about it is I put out tons and tons and tons of free content. I never ask for any money of that for that content that I put out there ever. I don't even ask for people's email addresses. It's completely free. Just download it. I don't know who you are. Thank you very much. Because my belief is that over time, that content will get enough people interested in who I am and what I do that people will be intrigued enough to spend maybe 15 bucks to buy a book. And then if they end up reading the book, they might be intrigued enough to think about, hey, should I get this guy to come speak at my conference? And that's how I monetize it. Now, that is for somebody who's doing consulting style work, advisory style work, you know, helping out businesses uh, based on their knowledge. I believe that's the right model to make the content completely free. However, I actually just happened to be having lunch with someone today who used to work for one of the big consulting firms, and he is actually going to be starting a business. His last day at his company was just a month ago. What his plan is going to be is to create a lot of free content in the form of a blog, but he's also going to create research reports. So in-depth, 25-page research reports on the industry that he used to work in and then sell those research reports for 2500 bucks a piece. So wow. that's another way to monetize. Another way to monetize is that you can actually sell the content. So you either sell your time as a consultant or you sell the content itself as a form of monetizing. But my very, very strong belief is that you have to make a whole bunch of free content. It has to be completely free. You shouldn't re require people to register for it. And then the search engines will find that. And then people will then decide, hey, this person's pretty smart. I want to do business with them. So you do a blog on news hijacking. You do two or three articles on that and then say, if you want a in-depth 20-page report, it's uh, twenty nine ninety five, and click here. Yeah. That's, that's one way to do it. Now, in my case, I, that's not my business model, but some people do that. Uh, my business model is here's a bunch of free blog posts about newsjacking. Here's a YouTube video about newsjacking. Here's a basic primer uh, as a PDF format for, about newsjacking. And if you want to learn more, you can buy my book. And if you want to learn even more, you can bring me into your company and give a presentation about it. And do you do uh, personal consultations, like just a one-on-one, -on -one, someone starting up and wants to spend a few hours a, a month or something with you initially? I, I do, but I price myself so that I have almost no clients. I, I charge $1,000 an hour, and I have almost no clients because I don't really want much of that business. My preference is to have my uh, is the speaking engagements, which is what I absolutely love. I love being on the stage. I love meeting people at a physical events. I have a few coaching clients, but if I wanted to lower my price, I'd have a lot more. But I, I have a, very, a high price because I'm not looking for very many of them. All right. Okay. So just to go to my neighbor here for a minute again. So he knows plastic extrusions and uh, he's doing Coke and bottles and all different things. So he has a great knowledge there. So he starts writing these blog posts. He's put uh, 20 or 30 in. What would be another thing you would do? He wants to spend, let's say, at least 30 hours a week. He really wants to get this off the ground. Yeah. What else would, you, would he do? I would... Um I would check around on LinkedIn, and he's, he probably already knows this information, but check LinkedIn to see if there's a LinkedIn group which the people he's trying to reach are a part of. So I asked him that. He's not part of LinkedIn at all. All right. Well, what I would do is I would join LinkedIn right away today, 
uh, and then I would um, get to know LinkedIn, you know, become contacts with people that he used to work with, his old colleagues. Uh, but then LinkedIn has a wonderful feature that you can either join groups that other people make or you can create your own group. And I think that it's really nice if you're a beginning consultant, you know, just getting started to essentially create a LinkedIn group, which is basically aggregating a group of people who are interested in a particular topic. The reason that's good is because then you become seen as the leader of this sort of affinity group, of this group of people who like, okay. you know, who want to know about this certain aspect of plastics in, the, in that case. And then as a result of doing that, you become well known and then you're the obvious choice when somebody has some consulting work they need done or uh, some advisory work or need a panelist at a, at a conference. Okay, and so where the, I see the defining line here is uh, don't go and, and join a group of other people in the plastic mold industry necessarily. You really would rather put yourself as the expert in that field and have people that need uh, information about plastic molds because I, I mean, well, not, mentioned earlier. Not, nece but, not necessarily. What I would do first is see if there's already groups in existence around plastic mold technology right. because if there is, I would definitely join them. But I would then look to see if there's something missing, if there's, um, if there's a group that you could start that doesn't exist yet. Now, in my case, I do not uh, run any LinkedIn groups. However, just to give you an example, there's dozens and dozens of different groups that talk about different aspects of marketing uh, and different aspects of sales. That's great. So I could join those and I could be a participant in those groups. But if I wanted to, I could start a group about newsjacking. You know, there doesn't exist a group about newsjacking. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the book on the subject. And now there's thousands and thousands of people who are interested in that topic. Every single day, somebody is talking about newsjacking. Uh, on their blog or in news stories or whatever. It's, it's actually become a thing. I'm quite proud of that. But if I wanted to, that would be a really good way for me to basically be the leader of a tribe is to start the LinkedIn group about newsjacking. Or another approach would be to join an existing group that talks about online public relations and just be a member of that and then every once in a while maybe start a thread about newsjacking. So I would encourage him first or her. I don't know if you haven't told me, is it a man or a woman? It's, it's a, a man. man. Okay. So I would encourage him to first find out if there are LinkedIn groups that already exist in his industry. Join them first and then just okay. get a sense of whether there makes sense to start a new one. All right. Now, does, now you mentioned a book again. Should he be sitting down and starting writing a book right now? Or he's got to figure out what people want to hear about first? Well, if, if he's a writer uh, and he likes to write, sure, why not? But what I did, I like this approach, and I would recommend this approach to anybody if they're thinking about doing a book. I actually started my blog first, and I wrote for about three years before I wrote The New Rules of Marketing and PR. And in fact, about half of the content in the first edition of The New Rules of Marketing and PR originally it was a blog post that I wrote. So there's a number of things that are interesting about a blog as, as the beginning points of potentially being a book. Number one, you can get a sense if you write, you know, let's say you write three blog posts on average per week. Over Is that what you'd aim for? That's Well, there's no right or wrong answer to that. That was something that I used to aim for. I haven't actually gotten there recently. I, I don't do that many. I typically will do only one or two in a week these days, but I used to do three or four a week. 
How many words? Um, I'll call it 500 on average. But it doesn't have to be that number. It could be less, could be more. But let's say you're doing 500 words three times a week. That's 1,500 words a week. You'd have 150 blog posts in a year. That's a lot of content. So let's say then a year later, a year from now, I would look back and say, you know, what are the themes of my blog posts? What are the things that are most interesting for me to write about? What are the things that get the most uh, interest from my readers? Which are the ones that generate the most comments? Which are the ones that get tweeted the most? Which are the ones that get shared on LinkedIn the most? Because those are the ones that then can point you in the direction of mm-hmm. what you might want to turn into a book. And you might, I mean, in my case, I use the blog as a way to say, what are the things that are interesting to me and what are the things that are interesting to my readers? And then from there, I was able to say, oh, okay, now I know what the subject of my book's going to be. And oh, by the way, it's half written. <laughs> right. And you've, and you've already got built-in buyers. You got it. Exactly. That's the other point. You've already got built-in buyers. Exactly. And, and you've got a built-in uh, tribe of people who will help promote it for you. You know, they'll they'll say, oh, my gosh, he's writing a book. Great. I'm going to buy uh, 20 copies, one for everybody in my department. All right. Now, would this be the correct calculation if I would say, OK, the three blog posts a week, if I go to one blog post every day, seven, then probably I can get that book out and get attention twice as fast. Or not I think that, no, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and for somebody who has going from a full time job, you know, eight or 10 hours a day, five days a week and, you know, a couple hours on the weekends, if you apply that amount of time to creating content, oh, my gosh, you, you crank out two blog posts a day, an hour or two a day, you could get a blog post a, two, uh, a day uh, in my Do you get someone to edit your blog post or you just put them out? Um, it depends on your comfort level using English. If you're very comfortable with English, like in my case, I'm comfortable with it, I'll just bang it out with no editing. However, for many people, the right idea would be, you know what, I'm not so comfortable. I'd rather have this be reviewed and edited by someone before I push the button. And that's perfectly fine. And in that case, you know, you can find some relatively inexpensive help. An editor you can find online that you can share content with, you know, maybe 25, 30 bucks an hour. You can get a good editor. Now, what if you say, okay, he's better at talking. So he says, okay, I'll do an audio blog with a transcription below. Absolutely. Well, there's a couple of things that come to mind there. Of course, you can do a podcast, certainly one approach. But I know a lot of people who do what you describe, transcribe their blog posts. So they'll speak the blog. You know, they'll say, okay, now I'm going to write a blog post about XYZ. And then they just, off the top of their head, talk for five minutes. And then that can be transcribed either through a transcription service or through some of the um, technologies that exist that you can have on your computer. And from there, you can edit it and then put it out. I mean, I definitely don't put out what the machine generates from your speaking without editing it. But, but it's a good way to get going for many people who are more comfortable speaking than they are writing. Do you think you're better off if you did the audio blog to someone to just make 20 points? rather than word for word uh, and with a few English corrections would be more more powerful? Uh, I think either one could work. I mean, I think it's sort of what you're more comfortable with. Okay, so he, my neighbor starts writing these uh, seven seven days a week. He, he writes a, a blog post of 500 words. Does he create some video? If he's comfortable with videos, would that be oh, sure. uh, yeah. the route you'd go next? Um, or, or in parallel. 
I, I mean, I do both. Yeah, and in terms of video, you could do like your own video, you know, looking into the camera and talking. I'm a huge fan of interviews. I'm a really big fan of, yes. of when you, um, you know, when you meet somebody in the industry, let's say you're at a conference and you meet some interesting people, just do a quick interview with them. And that content can be really terrific as a form of, of a YouTube video. And then, by the way, you can embed your YouTube video into your blog post. So that becomes a really fun way to create more content right there. Do you think you're better off to go to something like Google Hangouts, create your video there, and then, then upload it over to YouTube? Uh, I'm not a fan of Google Hangouts. I think they're very poor quality, uh, and I, I don't think they work very well. I mean, I know a lot of people disagree with me, and a lot of people use them. I'm not a fan. I use my I have an iPhone 6, the newest version of the iPhone, and it has a terrific camera in it. And if I'm somewhere where I have someone who will hold my iPhone for me, I'll get both me and the person I'm interviewing in the, in the shot. And it has tremendous quality. However, if it's just me, I will be behind the camera and I'll just interview somebody and they'll talk directly into the camera. Um, they're actually talking to me, and, but I'm holding the camera. And I make them quick, you know, two minutes, three minutes, very quick. Ask a couple questions, bang, we're done. That works for me. That's my style. I'm not a Google Hangout fan. I think they, I mean, I think they're fine for what they are, but not as a way of creating video for, for YouTube. And as far as speaking engagement, if you're going to follow in your footsteps there, would you go to some of these organizations that uh, hire speakers or would you try to, or should this person try to do it on his own, approaching the different associations that have to do with his field or what? In my opinion, if you do everything we've talked about, people will actually seek you out and want you to come and speak at their conference. You know, I think that making yourself look attractive is the best way to attract girls, right? <laughs> okay. You know, the, the more attractive you look and sound and feel and are, the more women are interested in you. I mean, that, that was the, what I used, I used to think in high school, for example, and in college. I think this is a kind of a similar thing. You know, if you have a great blog with tons of interesting content, you do some YouTube videos now and then, maybe you put out a book, conference organizers will definitely seek you out. And getting to that monetization stage for my neighbor, is it realistic to think that he should start making money within the next 90 days, or is that optimistic? I think in general you can make money in the next 90 days because you, he probably would have um, uh, contacts in the plastics industry that would want to hire him for his knowledge as a consultant. And I would definitely, definitely create some contracts right away with people who want to tap his brain. Then I think that it will take, you know, it'll take some time. It'll take some number of months for the content to kick in and for people to begin reaching out to him that he doesn't yet know. But um, if you follow the path, it will happen and that will continue to grow over time. It can become a fairly lucrative revenue source. In my case, it has been. And David, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Um, on Twitter, my Twitter ID is dmscott. That's D-M-S-C-O-T-T. David Meerman Scott is my name. If you Google me, you will find tons of information there is a bunch about of me. Uh, uh, and I'll give you one more uh, thing. is uh, I've written 10 books. One of them is completely and totally free in electronic format. The book is called Worldwide Rave. So that's World 
Wide Rave. So just go to Google, type in Worldwide Rave. You'll find the book. It's free on Kindle. It's free on iPad. It's free as a PDF document uh, and a, a Nook and a couple of other formats. So a good way to check out my content is um, either that book or my blog or some other places. Now, if someone wanted to hire you as a speaker? Find my site. There's tons of, of information on, on my speaking business. I've got some sample videos of me speaking and whatnot, and then you'll find my contact information there. The uh, website for that is? DavidMearmanScott.com. And I did see your note there about um, the fellow who used to do the firewalks. Um, oh, Tony Robbins, yeah. Tony Robbins, yeah. I did a two-week course with him uh, 20 years ago, walking on fire. So. Oh, he's a really interesting guy. Um, he is. You know, yeah. and, and actually, that's a really, really good example that we might want to finish on because I've never met Tony Robbins before. I had never pitched Tony Robbins because I don't, I don't pitch. I don't email people and say, hey. I'm you let people come to you. Yeah, people come. People come <laughs> exactly right. People come to me. So Tony Robbins needed to find someone to deliver a marketing presentation at his conferences, his business mastery conferences. You know, and he goes on the web, search out, searches out people, buys books, checks people out. And then he invited me to speak at one of his conferences as a sort of a trial. I didn't know that at the time. I thought it was a one-off, but ended up doing well. And now I speak four times a year at a Tony Robbins event. It's a, a really nice business. It's my, he's my best speaking client because he hires me four times a year. And that came not because I proactively tried to recruit that business, but it came because I had content that he could find to figure out who I was. And uh, if Tony kept you, you got to be good. <laughs> well, I'm fortunate. He has the best working for him. Fortunately, I it's been a couple of years, and, it, and I really enjoy it. And uh, he seems to like me, so we're all good so far. He's a fun guy. He is good. Well, thank you, David, for taking this time. Enjoyed it thoroughly and, uh, and look forward to maybe talking to you maybe six months a year from now again and to see where you're going and what new books you've got and what's happening. I'd be happy to do that, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Income for Baby Boomers with your host, Ken Queen. Helping boomers like you get a business started, you can run from your own home. We interview owners of both online and offline businesses, but most importantly, ones that are run by baby boomers. Stay tuned next week for new and exciting businesses that you can start from your home. Until next time, have a profitable and blessed week.